molest the morning vole with your rhythmic drawl, you bashful Brendans. Welcome to the What's the Quack podcast. I'm your host, Ducky, and I hope we're all doing well out there. <laughs> For those of you wondering what's going on with that intro, I've been listening to an awful lot of uh, the Blind Boy podcast uh, recently. You know, it gets me through an awful lot of editing a lot of the time. And uh, he does these um, sometimes nonsensical, sometimes frighteningly profound, almost poetic sentences at the start of his podcast. And each time they just made me chuckle. Uh, so I decided to do one myself because, well, I didn't take it that far through, if I'm honest. I just wanted to do it. But I do hope we're all doing well out there. For those of you wondering why I'm talking a little bit quieter today, I, I've decided to try out a new cutting-edge technique in podcasting. Um, I'm trying to bring it to the forefront of podcasting, get it get it in front of as many people as I can, because I think this is this will be the thing I'll be remembered for. So what I'm doing while I'm recording this podcast is I'm wearing my headphones. I know. Get up off the floor. I'm a, I'm as shocked as you are that nobody else had taught this. <laughs> yeah, no, believe it or not, when I'm uh, when I record videos primarily, this is probably where I picked a habit up. When I record videos, I don't wear headphones because I like to animate and hear how loud my voice is in reality. You know, I just set my mic, take off my headphones because, you know, don't need it. I'm like, fuck it, it'd be grand. So I kind of carried that habit over into when I started recording podcasts. But, um... You know, occasionally I'll have problems in the edit and stuff when I'm editing the, the podcast down. And, and I feel like I'm a bit loud in the podcasts as well. So I mean, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to try something different today. I'm going to put it in my headphones so I can hear my voice clearly. Uh, I know how loud and how quiet I'm being, you know. And, and we'll we'll take this journey together, lads, you know. I'll take you by the love, take you by the hand there. And we're going to go on this journey together, see how it goes. So, uh, you know, do pop me a message on social media uh, after you hear this. Tell me what you, what you think of this uh, podcast as a whole with my headphones in and I'm been a little bit quieter. It's going to come across like very asmr But yeah, no, I hope we're all doing well out there. I had a horrible fucking morning. Not like horrible, I live in the third world, horrible, uh, horrible by first world standards. So I'll tell you what happened to me. Uh, I was up until silly o'clock in the morning last night. Like, you know, when you look at the time and you went, oh, I think it's time for bed. Um, because I was playing this game um, for too long. You know, we've all been there. Um, and for those of you wondering, it was, it's a game called Hearts of Iron. And there's a mod for it called Millennium Dawn. There we go. And it's a modern day mod for it. And it's really good and really addictive. So I was playing that till stupid clock in the morning. So I went to bed really late. But my my sleeping has gone completely out of whack now. Where I'm going to bed at like five and six in the morning instead of my usual three or four. So I set my alarm to get up that little bit earlier to kind of help, help me be tired enough tonight when I go to bed. You know, you've been down this road before, lads. I know you know what I'm talking about. But as a result, I woke up a little bit cranky this morning because I didn't get me full night's sleep. So um, I had that to contend with. You know, first part of problems. But uh, I decided to take the dog for a walk. I, d- I didn't really feel like taking the dog for a walk today. I was just having, you know, I was just kind of eh, throwing, a, throwing a, a little mini tantrum for myself. I didn't feel like taking the dog for a walk, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it because I always feel better after taking a dog for a walk. I said it before and I'll say it again. Just, just something so nice about being out in nature. And if you have like a park or a lovely kind of walk area near uh, your house or anything like that, you know, I highly recommend going there because it's just, it's just lovely to be out in the elements when you're walking through like trees and foliage and what have you, you have the very unique smell of rain. You know how rain that has fallen on plant life, that very unique, it's just a lovely smell and you get the cold breeze on your face and it just kind of freshens you up. You know, it's one of them things, when I take the dog for a walk when I don't feel like doing it, about halfway around the, the park, I'm like, I'm actually glad I went for this walk now. It's actually knocked the cranky off me, kicked, kicked the funk out of me. But I'm sorry to say that uh, today 
it wasn't a, one of those days where the walk made me feel better. In fact, I came, uh, I came back a hell of a lot worse off from my walk because I was walking Max around the park, as I so often do. And um, about halfway around, turned the corner and here comes this couple with a, a dog. And it's this tiny little dog, I don't know, you know, kind of shih tzu sized, you know, small dog. And it wasn't on the lead. And it charged Max, like straight away, like sprinted at Max. Now, I wasn't too worried because Max was muzzled and he's got a harness and everything on him. Max is safe. But the dog just jumped straight at Max and Max immediately fucking reacted poorly. Um, because he's not dog friendly to begin with. But now he's got a dog that just literally jumped straight into his face. So Max fucking turned and pinned him to the ground and there was fucking, you know, dog fight. <laughs> fucking chaos ensued, like... So I grabbed hold of Max and fucking yanked him back out of the way. Even though he has the muzzle, he had this fucking dog pinned on the ground. Straight away I went to pin. I was like, okay, let's fucking yank him off in case he scratches him or anything, anything happens. So I pulled Max away and, uh, you know, the owners came over to their dog and hunted him away and what have you. And um, I was fucking furious. I won't lie. I was just immediately fucking seeing red because I'm just like, why isn't your fucking dog on a lead? I am fucking fuming, but I'm keeping my composure because the worst thing you can do in this situation is to lose the plot with somebody because, like, if you start fucking and blinding at them, then rather than them feeling like they fucked up, they start portraying you as the enemy and then, you know, for the rest of the day, they'd be like, fuck that guy, who the fuck does he think he is? So I was just, I was, <laughs> they could probably see that fucking anger on my face because I was just like, <sighs> and I looked at him and I was, like, I was holding Max and Max was still fucking, like, panicked, he didn't know what was going on. And I said to him, lads, would you not have had the fucking dog on the lead? And they turned to me and said, oh, sorry, we're just trying to train him off the lead. Just, just interject. I don't want to interrupt the story because it continues. But I'd just interject. You don't train your dog off a lead in a fucking dog park, for fuck's sake. You go to an open field. You do it at home. You do it away from other fucking animals. But anyway, I said this to him because you did not have the dog on the lead. And they said to me then about, oh, we're just trying to train him off the lead. And I looked at him. I goes, yeah, lads, that's fair enough. But if my lad didn't have a muzzle on him, I'd be handing back your dog in parts. And that would absolutely break my heart. And you know what they said to me? But sure, there's loads of dogs in this park off the lead. As if that fucking absolves them from any responsibility. Oh, well, everyone else is fucking doing it. I kept my composure. It's okay. I kept my composure. I was just like, well, I say it to them too. I was trying to be as fucking diplomatic as I could. Like, they could obviously tell I was quite annoyed at the whole situation. You know, it was painted all over my fucking face. Um, but I was, I was being mannerly about it to the best of my fucking ability um so they toddled off and i fucking waddled off and in my head i'm just like right i didn't fucking completely lose my rag with them hopefully they go away feeling a little bit guilty and maybe they might stick a fucking lead in their dog in the future because that that's the exact fucking problem well that's one of two problems that i have with people not having their dog on the lead and it's just because my dog is muzzled doesn't mean your dog can't come to harm and i shouldn't be responsible for the safety of your dog thank fucking god i was responsible and have a fucking muzzle on Max because he had the muzzle buried into the dog's throat. If that muzzle wasn't on Max, that poor fucking dog would have had its fucking life ended because of its stupid fucking owners. But the second point, I was I was walking on further. I walked around the corner, you know, kind of, I was like, right, get out of the sight line of the dog, let Max calm down and I'll just check him to make sure he's okay and all that. So we walked around the corner. <laughs> the second we turned the corner, Max, shit, everywhere. Pure, he gets he gets nervous shits because he's, he's, he's an absolute coward. This is why he like kind of goes for their dogs. Um, he, He's scared shitless of him. So the second we turn the corner, he just fucking shit all over the ground. Watery, fucking nervous shit. <laughs> I was like, oh, thanks, Max. It's just what I fucking needed. But um, 
So yeah, I did my best to pick that up in a fucking poo bag. I think I got most of it. But um, so I turned the corner and I just kind of out of the way the, the pet and I started checking him over, took off the muzzle, had to look around his mouth and all, just to make sure he wasn't nipped because um, there was a bit of blood when I went to take off my, his muzzle. I noticed there was a bit of blood in my hand. I was like, shit, that cunt of a dog got Max. And sure enough, when I took off the muzzle, checked him out, he obviously got caught with a tooth or a claw or something on his neck. There's just like a pinhole. It wasn't, you know, not worthy of stitches or anything like that, but it was a fair bit of blood coming out of it. Not emergency matters by any stretch of imagination, but there was a bit of blood coming out of it. So I was like, fucking strike number two. This is why your dog should be in a lead. Why should my dog come to harm? Because you won't put a fucking lead in your dog. Like, this is the, the thing I want to get across to people who don't put a lead in their dog. My dog shouldn't have to come to harm just because you want to train your dog off a lead or you think your dog is okay. Only an idiot thinks he can out-train instinct of an animal. You know, it's just introducing unnecessary fucking risk to your dog and everyone else's fucking dog as well. But that wasn't even the worst bit. Um, so I, I did my best to kind of clean up the, the blood on him. <laughs> and like I didn't have any fucking tissues around with me. So any blood I had gotten onto my hand from like checking under him uh, was like ended up just kind of getting smeared around <laughs> his head and his face from me just looking elsewhere. So next thing, I'm just basically standing in the middle of a dog park holding a pit bull. And now he's covered in blood. <laughs> I, look, I must have looked like a right fucking cunt altogether. Like. But um, that was all I could find. It was just that one little bleeding spot on him there anyway. And, I, you know, obviously it wasn't bothering him. It was only small. So I was like, grand. Now the problem is I'm fucking blood all over my hands. So I'm like, shit, now I have no tissues or nothing. So I don't want to walk around a fucking a dog park covered in fucking blood. So um, I walks over to, there's like a, this like a foresty area. So there was this little like, kind of pool of standing water just in between a couple of trees and um, you know in amongst the brush so i was like grand i'll just go over and rinse my hand in the, in that in that pond so i did that rinsed all the blood off my hands and what i could and uh, i continued on my walk uh with max you know heading back to the care and what have you and maybe about five minutes later my hand was covered in blood again i was like what the fuck I looked at my hand a little bit closer um I, i'd actually got a cut in the tip of my finger so i don't know if i was caught with a claw or maybe their fucking dog nipped at me or it could have been a pinch on the harness when I pulled them back I don't know in, in the chaos of it I don't I simply don't know but the thing is I've just dipped my hand that has an open wound into stagnant standing fucking water to wash the blood off it <laughs> lads I'm going to get fucking dysentery that's what I get for taking the dog for a walk this morning I'm going to get dysentery because two dozy bastards couldn't put a fucking lead in their dog and decide oh, I know what'll train the dog off the lead we'll take him to a dog park I couldn't think of a worse place to bring a fucking dog to train it off the lead it's second only to a field full of landmines for the worst place to train a dog off the fucking lead but once it was all said and done I'm glad I kept my fucking composure and didn't lose the raisin at him now because the missus the missus is like we've had a few encounters in the past walking in the park there with dogs off the lead and Connie fucking flips out in their face like she's like why don't you put a fucking lead on him for fuck like straight aggression like you know what i'm just standing back and i'm going oh jesus i wasn't i'm happy to try minimize the event because like i'm gonna have to walk past these people again the fucking park like you know (laughs) connie goes zero to a thousand but in my head i'm just like no because they're just going to like look at you as if you're the bastard and then they'll forget that they're the one who caused the fucking problem to begin with because they get so wrapped up in the anger towards you then that they just want to contemplate on their fucking actions you know but, uh, but yeah, so now I'm sitting here looking at my finger wondering if I'm going to get fucking sepsis vaginus maximus or whatever other fucking weird parasite they have in water. If I don't upload in the next year, just I've succumbed to fucking dysentery and I died. <laughs> you know what I just got? And maybe some Irish people out there might be able to tell me if they're seeing an increase in this fucking box as well. Just got a phone call from another one of these fucking 
bollocks scam caller numbers. You know these like 01 numbers that you get out of the fucking blue or some random mobile number and all that. And they either don't speak when you answer or, you know. To be honest, lads, I don't answer the phone. I can't even claim what they fucking do. I just don't answer. Second I see a, uh, an 01 number or a number I don't recognize pop up on my screen, I'm just straight to Google typing the number in. I'm like, okay, what's this ringing me now? Should I, you know? <laughs> so it's like, is, is it the government trying to contact me over something important or is it like, you know, just some bollocks shilling fucking prepay power or something. You know, just gonna shit. I can't be the only one that thinks it's an absolute invasion of privacy that these companies are allowed to just cold call you out of the blue to fucking advertise shit at you. It's the same with like door-to-door sales as well. This stuff drives me up the wall. It's like, fuck, you should not be allowed to be advertised at through phone calls and knocks on your door when you're at your own house. I think that's an absolute, I think that's absolutely overstepping. Whatever about when you're on Netflix or YouTube or watching telly and all that, that's fair game. But when there's somebody like, coming to your fucking house and knocking on your door or ringing your fucking phone, like, how the fuck is this still an actual thing? Why isn't there a law against this shit? Everybody hates it. I don't think there's one person on the planet that enjoys getting fucking calls from these scam people. It's absolutely overstepping. Can we, can we get a movement going to fucking put an end to door-to-door sales and fucking cold calls? Like, this seems like an archaic fucking way of advertising nowadays anyway, like... You know what's the worst one, and I really shouldn't say it, but it is the worst one. It's when people are going door-to-door doing charity shit. Like, it's bad enough when you're walking through a city and you have to avoid these fuckers like Pac-Men, like, you know, just trying to get around without having to say, no, sorry, because, like, you know, it's not a good feeling to have to turn down people for fucking charity, you know? But you can't, otherwise you'd be fucking, you wouldn't have a penny to yourself every day. So the charity ones that come to your door are the worst, because then they fucking cornered you, like. And I get them here now, and I thought living in the town was bad. I get them out in the country. I'm like, fuck's sake, lads, that's fucking relentless, where they come knocking on your door and they're like, supporting this charity, like, and I don't have the heart in me to say, no, fuck off. So, like, yeah, <laughs> you have to try skirt away, skirt around it, and they're starting to take measurements. Like, before, I used to just give them a fake name and number, and I'd be like, yeah, or I'd just tell them I don't have a bank account, you know, when I'm walking through, because when I used to live in Cork, I used to be just like, yeah, I don't have a bank account. But now they're just like, they'll want you to fill out a fucking form. And, you know, type in all your bank fucking details so they can take the the direct debit every fucking month or whatever. Like, they've gone wise to the ways. And, you know, it's not on. Because, like, realistically, when you want to give to a charity, you want to give to a charity you want to. Not one that's been forced upon you by knocking on your door. And I know that, you know, these measures have to be taken to collect fucking, to collect funds for their cause. And I know it's 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 not probably not a pleasant job for them either. But, like, to me, it just feels like overstepping when you're knocking on people's homes to get money out of them, you know? And door-to-door sales can simply go fuck themselves. I just don't like the invasion of it, you know? Just coming into my fucking house and uh, coming into my garden, knocking on my fucking door and then asking for money. But anyway, while I'm on this little anger thread, um, I seen this video there the other day. Now, it could be fake, you know? It's hard to fucking take anything serious nowadays with uh, the way the internet is and people fucking doing horrible, ridiculous fucking things for uh, attention, especially like hoax videos to stir up anger or whatever else. So, you know, take it with a pinch of salt and what have you. But... I seen this video and it was just this lad from Dublin and he like rolls down the window and he's just this fella walking along the road and he says something along the lines like, are you Ukrainian, are you? Are you Ukrainian? And your man doesn't seem to understand what he's saying. And um, your man driving the car decides to try run him down because he thinks he's Ukrainian. And doesn't that fill you with whatever the opposite of pride is for your country? Seeing that shit. And I see, I'm, and since I've seen this video, I'm seeing a lot of this shit. Like, Twitter does the same thing as YouTube. It's like, oh, you've seen this one thing. Now everything is that one thing. You want to watch it all. I'm like, no, I just, I clicked, I just was curious. And fuck, I want, I'm nothing to, no, you want it all. You can check, you watch the whole lot of it. All these videos of people shouting and giving out about Ukraine. You're like, no, I just seen this one video. I wasn't even condone. I was actually just passing. No, you want to, like, it's, you know, relentless fucking algorithm been shoved on your throat. 
But because I watched this video, I start getting a load of these fucking other, you know, tweets and posts and all this popping up about people about people protesting about having Ukrainians here in Ireland, like the, the Ukrainian uh, people coming over here, you know, to, to escape the war and what have you, and people protesting it. And I'm just like, you know, I've, I've seen this online for the last few years and it just fucking sickens me. You have these people who've had their fucking lives turned upside down by fucking war and death and they go to escape it and they're taken in by other countries around the world, around Europe, and they're taken in, but, you know, kind of come in here, we'll look after you, you're in a shit situation. And in they come and they, you know, they're, they're put up in hotels and they're given homes to, to live in and what have you, you know, you, the, the country provides them and helps them in any way they can. And then you get these fucking people, then they'll come out with their fucking sticks and like, oh, you're fucking, you can't be given the Ukrainians houses, what about our own homeless, this and the other, and they're like, fuck's sake, lads, fuck's sake. These people have just endured fucking misery. They're escaping war. Can you not just fucking be on the right side of fucking justice for once? Just fucking leave it alone. What about our own homeless? What about our own homeless? As if they themselves give a shit about Ireland's homeless. They just want to fucking complain about shit. Like, I guarantee you, each and every one of these protesters hasn't donated a fucking cent to help the homeless. They just want to be out in the street and they want to complain. It is just prejudice and fucking racism and hate hiding behind a mask of justice. That's what it fucking is, and it sickens my whole. And who the fuck are we, of all people, to be given out about other people coming over to our country? Like, uh, some people in this country forget that they're fucking Irish. Do you know the population of Ireland has stayed roughly about the same or has grown extremely slowly because we fucking emigrate the whole time, or at least we have done massively in the past. We went to America, Australia, wherever fucking, wherever we may have us, back in the times of the famine. Like, our population is one of the only populations in Europe that hasn't changed in about 100 years or has grown extremely fucking slowly. A lot of it being emigration. Like, I genuinely think there's more Irish people outside of Ireland than there is inside of Ireland. And and these people, uh, these Irish people have the fucking gall, the gumption to complain about people coming over to our country. <laughs> Fuck's sake, like, this shit actually infuriates me. It really fucking does. And the other thing is I see online, then, you know, people complain like, oh, the fucking Ukrainian men, they should be over there fighting for their country and all that. These people saying that with a straight face as if they wouldn't shit themselves in the face of a fucking war. Like, these are the same people that would be, like, fucking standing around saying, like, oh, well, if I was a fucking slave back in the day, I would have fucking risen up and bet the shit out of the slave owner. No bother, but I wouldn't have taken that. It's like, you fucking would. Sit the fuck down. These fucking armchair big men talking about, oh, yeah. Because here's the thing, though. Like, it's like when they see a Ukrainian man, then they're like, oh, he should be off fighting the war. They don't realize that there's exceptions and they can be exempt under certain circumstances. Like, um, like one of them is... Uh, if you're a Ukrainian fella and you have more than, I think it's more than three children, um, you don't have to fight. Um, if you're caring for somebody with disabilities, just because there's a fucking Ukrainian man around doesn't mean he should be off fighting the war. You know, this shit happens. And I'm sure there's a handful of Ukrainian men that have just emigrated to get the fuck away from the war because they don't want to fight. Well, that's fair enough. They're not emigrating to avoid taxes or something like that. They're doing it to avoid fucking possibly dying in a fucking war. And you know these people fucking protesting this. They probably never had a fucking day of hardship in their lives. I genuinely feel like as time goes on, the world is actually getting less compassionate. That's coming from me, somebody who's famously angry. Everyone's just looking for a reason to be angry, even when there isn't any. Or even better, everybody's looking for a reason to be angry at things that are good. You know, it's just, it's, it's becoming a much more fucking cynical world. And it actually saddens me. Don't worry, lads. I'm actually as surprised as you this podcast got so heavy. <laughs> do you know what? It might lighten it up. I think some quack me up corner. If I do a bit of quack me up corner, we can get us all back in the laughing mood there and we can get onto somewhat moderately lighter topics. How's about that? Yeah? Sound good? Brilliant. Then let's head on over 
to Quack Me Up Corner. Quack, 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 quack me up. Quack, 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 quack me up. Get your ducks in order. It's time for Quack Me Up Corner. There's a married couple who's having trouble in the bedroom. The wife can't get an orgasm because she's too hot. So they go to a therapist and the therapist tells them that they should have a nice constant supply of cold air wafting through the room and that might help. So the man asks his best friend if he could waft the towel in the bedroom to help him and his wife make a bit of love together and begrudgingly the friend agrees. So after about 20 minutes of fucking me one is no closer to an orgasm. So the friend wafting the towel recommends that they swap places. So the friend is now having sex with a woman while the husband is wafting the towel. After only about two minutes the woman starts to tremble, lets out an incredible cry and reaches a most intense orgasm she ever experienced. And the husband looks at the friend and says, That, my friend, is how you waft a fucking towel. <laughs> oh, obviously, this is my second time reading this, but uh, it's it's a really good one. I really enjoyed that when I read it. <laughs> right, I'll give you another one, lads. Here we go. A man walks into a bar, and upon sitting down, this gorgeous, busty, blonde-looking waitress comes over to him and hands him a drink. And she asks him, would he like some food? So he says, yeah, go on, and starts reading the menu for the food. It says, a toasted sandwich, four euro. Quarter pounder, six euro. And the wank, ten euro. So he looks at the waitress and says, Tell me, are you the one that gives the wank? And she winks and says, I am indeed. Well then, he says, go wash your hands, I'll have a quarter pounder. I love just the ridiculous fucking concepts and jokes sometimes. Like, <laughs> it's fucking brilliant. And I, I'll give you uh, I'll give you a nice pun to finish things out, because I like a bit of a pun, a bit of a filthy fucking... I couldn't have, like, a completely perfect... What's the quack, you know? I need to I need to get a filthy little pun in there so you go away feeling dirty. <laughs> so here you go. Why should you wear glasses to maths class? Because it helps with division. <laughs> That's so shit. Oh, I adore it. Come here to me. Did I tell you about uh, about my Argos update? I know in my last podcast, though, I was spent about, about a solid 10, 15 minutes giving out about a monitor of trouble I had. And I have an old update to it because things actually got worse before they got better. So I'll just give you a quick recap in case you missed that podcast. But the long and short of it is my monitor started to fail uh, over the Christmas. I ordered a replacement one online through Ergos because they stay, they do two-day, or next-day delivery, sorry. Um, it didn't arrive the next day. Contacted Ergos. Turns out they don't do the next-day delivery over Christmas, even though it didn't state that anywhere on the fucking website. So I eventually received the monitor after Christmas and it had six dead pixels in it. So that was where I left the saga off. I had six dead pixels in this monitor I just got from Ergos that I didn't want because I didn't deliver it on time. So the missus was uh, heading down to, to Limerick there. She was going for another laser session there because, you know, daddy doesn't like hair in his plate so he can lick it clean, you know. <laughs> God, I, was, I didn't mean to get that filthy. But anyway, so after she got her laser done, um, we said, fuck it, we'll take this to an Ergos because I'm just like, right. Bring this back to the physical store. I can get the refund straight away. Job done. You know, and I can continue on with my life. So we went to the, a, a nearby Argos. And, you know, I went with the monitor. Threw it up in the counter there. And I said to your man, it's like, yeah, got this monitor online. I didn't I didn't bother explaining to him the fucking headache I'd already had with it. Because I was in a retail position before. And if it's not relevant, I don't want to fucking hear it. But anyway, I said to him, I got this monitor online. It's got dead pixels. You don't have another one in stock in all the stores I've checked. So I've ordered another one elsewhere. So can I just get this refunded? And uh, I'll go on about my business. And your man's like, yeah, grand. We'll just have to check that there. So we'll... We'll book this in for you. And I was just like, all right, fair enough. Yeah, confirm default, what have you. So um, he hands me back my receipt there and he's just like, yeah, so we'll give you a buzz there tomorrow and uh, let you know if that's all right to be refunded. And I was like, wait, wait now, tomorrow? And he's like, yeah, yeah, we have to check it. I was like, okay, yeah, no, I understand you have to check it, but tomorrow? I was like, look, I'm fucking, 
I live over an hour away. Can you not just give it a quick look at now? Like, it's a really obvious fucking thing and get me a refund because I don't want to have to fucking drive an hour home just to have to drive an hour back tomorrow to drive an hour back home again. I, I'm, not, I'm not being unreasonable here, but can you not do that? And your man's like, no, we can't do that. Um, we'll, we need this checked by a particular person or whatever fucking bullshit thing you fought me off with. So I was pretty fucking annoyed by that. But again, I didn't want to be too confrontational. What, what I did say to him is, I goes, um, when he told me that, I goes, look, you do like a refund, you have a refund policy on anything. So like, you know, if I, if I were to bring this back and say, it works perfectly fine, but I just don't want it anymore, you'd give me a refund, right? And he goes, yeah, um, that's our policy. And I was like, can we not just do that so? Because I really don't want to be making the trip up and down. Can we not just pretend that it's fucking fine and I just don't want it? And he's like, no, you've already told me it's faulty, so we can't do that. I'm like, oh, fuck's sake. It's like, you can do that. I've worked in retail before. I know. I've I've worked in fucking electronic shops. been dealt with many a fault. I know you can check this in two minutes. You're just being a cunt. But again, didn't get angry at him because I've, I, I sympathized. Because there are some days I was working and people just came in with... Just certain, just certain days I've worked in retail, I'm sure I wasn't nice to certain people which, where I should have been because I was unhappy with my own life, you know. So I, I had a, a little bit of sympathy. Like, even when we're driving home, Connie was like, uh, you should have fucking killed him. <laughs> and I was just like, look, fucking, he's probably miserable. I've been there. I don't want to be fucking making his day any worse if I don't need to. Like, you know, I can sympathize. So I was too sympathetic re- in, in reality. But anyway... Got the phone call the next day. Yeah, turns out it's faulty. I'm like, surprise, a fucking surprise. I wasn't lying about it, even though I would have got a refund either way if I was. Like, if you're going to offer a refund on items anyway, regardless of the faulty or not, why do you need to check it? Just all you need to do is make sure that the serial number on the thing you're returning matches the receipt so they're not returning a different version of it or whatever. But beyond that, it doesn't fucking matter. Just check serial number and it's not obviously broken. But yeah, I went back anyway and I got, I got my refund and, you know, my monitor was replaced and all that. So that was the end of the Argos saga and uh, left me with a poor taste in my mouth. And I was, I was going to come on here and I was going to give out about fucking Argos and their piss poor fucking customer service. And that's from somebody who hates customer service. So I was going to come on and give out about them. But they're shutting down all the Irish branches. A w- literally like a week after I got my refund, um, it was announced that they're closing down all the Irish branches. <laughs> now, I'm not saying I had anything to do with that, lads. You know, I'm not saying I might have pulled some strings behind the scenes there, you know, made a few phone calls, threw my name around it. No, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't do any of that. I, I wish I could claim responsibility for that. <laughs> It'd be the ultimate fuck you, wouldn't it? That, uh, you know, I, f- I felt like I got bad customer service, so I shut down the entire company. <laughs> But uh, but no, it's just a bit of a, I wouldn't say karma because there's probably a lot of people who've got Hargoss jobs that are kind of relying on them and all that. But um, to that one guy that I was probably being too nice to because I sympathize with your uh, your retail slave life that you're living, that I sympathize with far too much. Um, To you, fuck you. You know, you made that needlessly awkward. Fuck you. I even feel bad saying that because there's one thing about this country I fucking love. And, you know, a lot of European countries as well. I'd say countries all over the world with the exception of America. We have piss-poor customer service, and I'm okay with that for a lot of the time. Like, um, I was shopping in Little the other day, and I was picking up a few bits, as you do. Went through the checkouts, and uh, out the other side, and I was like, that person didn't even fucking smile at me, that person behind the counter. Barely looked at me. They just looked at me with the, the cold, dead retail stare and just said, hello. And that was it. I fucking love that. I hate, like, you know, you know in America, they have that smile always smile and be happy and fucking full of this false attitude with customers i don't know how the fuck you stand it over there lads it's such a false plasticky fake interaction it's so disingenuous i don't like it at all like it's like you're working in retail 
be miserable. That should be. Everyone knows it's a miserable job. Why are we pretending it's not? Why are you pretending it's not? We don't do that over here. And I love that. I love that. Here's the thing. You know, um, like back in the day when like a load of Polish people started emigrating to Ireland and uh, a lot of people from like the Baltic states. So like uh, Estonia, Latvia and Lithuania and stuff start coming to Ireland. There, there's almost like an attitude of people from those countries. They have a very kind of almost like a cold personality. Um, you know, it's it's it takes a very long time before somebody from those um, countries tend to warm to you. You know, they're a bit more inward, a bit more reserved, a bit more cl- closed off. At least from my own experience with interacting with them, like you know, it take you need you need a good few months of being their co-worker for them to open up a small bit or what have you. You know, just a general kind of stoic, unexpressive, um, bare minimum manners that just fit right in with uh, Irish customer service. <laughs> I think that's why, like, so many. You you see so many like um Polish and Latvian and what have you like uh people working in these customer service jobs in shops. I think you see so many of them doing that line of work is because they're just they they blend right in because they get the exact same interactions with uh, Irish workers as well. It's just you just get the kind of hey well well they're looking off over your shoulder into the middle distance like they're just saying it just as a a noise. They have no meaning behind it. I just love that. It actually made me think of a story, and I might have told it on here before, but um, uh, PJ's customer service back when he worked in a, a cinema was dreadful, as you could imagine, you know? He's already suffering with, like, medium to low-grade depression on a daily basis anyway. I, add a retail job to that, and you can only imagine how piss-poor his customer service is. I wouldn't even say piss-poor. It was, it's more, like, bare minimum would be the best way I'd describe him in a job, because um, that's pretty much how I worked as well. And he was telling me the story there one day about this woman who came up to him in the cinema, and... um she was like getting tickets or what have you. And he he'd served her in his typical fashion. And uh, she got really offended by the way he uh, handled the transaction. And she says, you know, you should smile a bit more. Not everybody has a job, you know. You know, taking it upon herself to set PJ straight. This is her duty as a fucking cunt. Uh, <laughs> but um, so she took it upon herself to say this to PJ. And apparently um, PJ had one in the bank because he was just, you know, he, he would get this quite often. So when this woman said, you know, you should smile a lot more. Not everybody has a job. He turned to her and said, my father died two weeks ago. And she just cold stared him. She's like, oh, fuck. She kind of said nothing, put her head down, walked off with utter embarrassment because she just gave this poor retail worker shit whose father has just passed away. Uh, she's giving him shit for not smiling. Like, and she's like, oh, my God, of course, he's not fucking smiling. So I like, oh, I can't believe I did that. I, I have to put my foot in the after putting my foot in it, I'm, oh God, I'm never going to do that again. The reason why that's so hilarious is because PJ's father is alive and well. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with him at all. He just said that to her to absolutely put her in a fucking place. <laughs> and now she's going to live the rest of her life never calling out a retail worker again out of fear something that embarrassing happens again. <laughs> it was fucking beautiful when he told me it. Oh my God, I nearly turned inside out and did a backflip. I was laughing so hard. It's <laughs> so good. So good. But um, just for anybody working in retail, like always have one in the bank for like somebody you're going to like for the most common thing you get, like the, common, the most common snide remark you get from somebody, have a perfect comeback in the bank, just ready to fire off just to put them in their fucking place. But anyway, lads, I have some uh, some bigger news um, to pick up from the, the last podcast where I had a, a sad announcement to make. I'm going to continue that announcement that I uh, I still have an STI. Yes, that's right. I still have supporter-tailored inquiries. <laughs> so many people are like, I hate that you're calling it that. <laughs> I 
And that just fuels me more, lads. That just fuels me more. That just confirms I made the right choice. <laughs> so uh, for those of you who don't know, STI, Supporter Tailored Inquiries, is um, some questions I've gotten from the Duck Army, my, my lovely supporters who give me money every month to support the antics that I do, be they on here in the podcast or on um, my videos over on YouTube. And if you want to support the channel and to get your inquiries across, as well as getting videos early or uh, partake in these new videos I'm doing, uh, where I kind of elaborate more on videos that I've made. So I'll watch the video along with, react and add some uh, great anecdotes. You can see them. They're exclusive to my, my Duck Army, be that uh, on YouTube memberships or Patreon, if you want to partake in them. I will say the last one was particularly good. It was the one about uh, my first job in a farm because there was a lot of little tidbits I could share with that that didn't make it into the video Um, that, you know, I think a lot of you would get some enjoyment out of. But anyway, what are some STIs I'm going to get from my fans today, should I say? <laughs> Oh my god, I'm going to have so much fun with this in the future. <laughs> um, right, first one we got from Plaid Shirt Anonymous. Uh, oh my god, it's like people pick these names just to trip me up. Plaid Shirt Anon- Anomaly. There we go, Plaid Shirt Anomaly. Perfect. She says, I broke up with my long-term boyfriend in October and got back out there pretty quickly, the end of November-ish. Um, October, November, so you gave it about a month. And I have met up with a few people casually for coffee and lunch, etc. A few of my friends and family who know the situation have been very judgmental about it, even though I made it clear that there's nothing going on. I'm currently living at home, so I understand having to inform parents that I won't be home, but I don't feel like I should have to give many more information than that besides what time I plan to be back at. I'm 21 and female, and I take the appropriate measures to make sure that I stay safe. Would you have any ideas on how to approach the subject of needing a little privacy slash letting me do my own thing as an adult? Yeah, I, I will say, like, they're probably being judgmental because you're just getting back out there too quickly. But I, I agree with them probably for different reasons than what you would think. If you've just gotten out of a long-term relationship, like, my rule of thumb is minimum, bare minimum, give yourself a month for every year you've been in a relationship. So if you've been in, like, a five-year-long relationship, give yourself at least five months to kind of reset yourself, clear your head. It really is not good for the noggin to jump straight back into a relationship when you've just gotten out of one. Like, you need time to reset and come back down to baseline and start being independent, be that uh, emotionally or what have you again. It's it's cliche, but you need to kind of start knowing yourself again and relying on yourself and not needing the validation of anybody else around you or not needing support by uh, a spouse or anybody else in that regard. You, you do need to be left on your own. Now, they're probably kind of like telling you that they're, they're probably being judgmental because you're disrespecting your ex because you're getting with somebody else so quickly, you know. That data couldn't give a shit about it. It's, it's for your own head. Once you're broken up with somebody, you know, who gives a fuck at that point? You obviously broke up with them for good reason, so fuck them and their feelings. But um, no, I'd, I'd, I'd highly recommend just giving it a bit, giving yourself a bit more time. I think, like, geez, when I got out of my last long-term relationship, it was about three and a half years. I left it like two and a half, three years before I went back to a relationship just because I was like, you know what? I need some fucking, I need extended R&R and me time. I, I couldn't, I couldn't even imagine getting straight back in the day. And, and no, I couldn't do it. Um, but as for um, just having people keep their nose out of your business and you living at home and stuff like that, I will say I was raised with two brothers and a young sister. My sister is the youngest of us all. And when growing up, my older brother was never asked, where are you going? What are you doing? I was never asked, where are you going? What are you doing? My younger brother was never asked, where are you going? What are you doing? My younger sister was constantly berated by my mother and my brothers. Where are you going? What are you doing? Who are you with? Long into adulthood. Like she was 
maybe 22 before it stopped, you know? <laughs> it was 22, 23 before these stopped. Partly because I was giving them shit, kind of going, fuck's sake, lads, she's an adult now, leave her live her fucking life, like, you don't need to be hounding her. I know she makes terrible fucking life choices, but she's an adult now, just fuck all we can do with her and give her advice. As far as what would help that, if you want advice for people to stop questioning where you're going and what are you doing, just stop giving them information and it's going to be a case of force of habit, you know, diminishing returns. The less you give them, the less they realize they're getting out of you, the less they'll query. They'll just realize they're just beating a dead horse at that stage. Uh, you just need to keep doing it repeatedly for a few months and eventually they'll stop fucking caring. Beyond that, I don't really have any advice outside of that other than don't give up any information and be as confrontational with them as you can. Show them that every time they want something out of you, it's going to be it's going to be a conflict and maybe they'll start looking at it like going, you know what, it's not worth the argument. Same, same thing principle I have in relationships as well. You know, you see these kind of browbeaten people, typically men after a few years, um, they'll, they'll become these browbeaten men that'll just have like these, their girlfriends will start making more ridiculous demands as time goes on and like, you know, kind of starts dictating, starts mothering the fella after a while where he has to ask permission to go out drinking with the boys or, you know, all this kind of bollocks. And I, I don't, I don't blame the women in that situation. I blame the fellas because they stopped fighting. They stopped arguing. They stopped digging their heels in and they made it very easy for the other person to have their way. And as a result, um, now they're living in this life where it's, they're getting more ass from them than what they should be. And, uh, they're, they're not arguing back. That's just how I've always done it. If I'm ever asked for something unreasonable in a relationship, I fucking dig my heels in and I go to war every time. <laughs> every time. Cause you just want that thing in your head where you're just like, okay, if you want something out of me that's, that I would consider unreasonable, then you're going to know that you're going to have a battle ahead of you because I'm not going to give up any ground if I don't have to. So that just the idea of that becomes exhausting and you're like, you know what? I'm not going to bother. <laughs> so that's just the way I've always done. So uh, the same tactic would go to your, like your parents or people who are just constantly asking for information. Just make it difficult on them to get it out of you and eventually they'll just give up on it. Right, next question comes from Steel's Pwn. Okay, so quick summary. I had a girl roommate. Besides expectation versus reality aside, uh, she was a letdown and a knacker. Those are Latina versions of chavs. Right, so she was a bit rough. She one time asked to borrow my pickup truck, but she doesn't have a license or insurance. So no. Well, that's fair enough. I wouldn't fucking do that. Um, I was generous enough to offer her a ride to her job at um, Mercado. I'm not sure what that is. Um, It was like 10 minutes drive. She got into the passenger side, but didn't put her seatbelt on. I told her to put her seatbelt on, but she responded with an aggressive tone saying, Are you going to crash or drive? I'm giving her like a, a snooty Karen accent because I'm not even going to attempt a Latino accent. You know what? I will I will attempt a Latino accent. Are you going to crash or drive? <laughs> God. <laughs> Sounded like fucking Borat. It wasn't even close. <laughs> oh God, the things I do for my own amusement. But anyway, but, but essentially said, what are you going to crash or drive in response to him asking put, to put on a seatbelt? So my brain had to reboot and to this day, I just can't get over that. As a bonus, I drove and I hit the brake really hard. She hit the glove compartment and her phone fell out of her hands. So here's the question, Ducky, what would you do in this situation, in my situation? Um, I'm assuming like a, like a necker, be like a fiery Latino girl. You know, and I've come across a few fiery girls in my time. There's two approaches. You can either just ignore and distance, which would probably be the smarter choice. Just listen, you live here, but we're not acquainted. Well, that's your room. This is my room. Fuck off and don't talk to me. You know, you could go down that route. Um, the route I'd go down is just call her on a bullshit. You know, 
people hate confrontation, even confrontational people. Um, especially if it's a social confrontation, just quite air. You're kind of taking the piss out of me here, like, you know. So I'd appreciate if you didn't fucking do that. Just don't be a doormat, essentially, you know. If your kindness has been confused for weakness, then fuck her, you know. Yeah, my advice would be either just distance yourself, just don't interact with her, keep your interactions to a minimum, just turn down any fucking favour she asks for, just turn them down every time, and eventually she'll get the message, or just call her on her bullshit. Like, you know, if you do want to be a nice roommate or whatever, just say, listen, I'm happy to give you a hand, but, like, I'm happy to do you a favour, but you need to do me a favour and fucking oblige by the rules of my favour. Otherwise, you're not getting it, like, you know. Who knows? She might actually respond to a bit of a spine from your behalf, you know, a bit of kind of like, oh, sit the fuck down now, then calm your knickers. <laughs> a bit of an all over the place answer there but I hope you get something from that so yeah that's it that's the, there were the two interesting questions that jumped out to me there was, I got loads more questions but you know I'd be fucking talking here all day long if I was to answer every one of them so those are just the, the couple that jumped out at me so yeah I'm going to leave this podcast here lads I've been talking quite long enough Um, I, I feel like my tone of voice <laughs> my soft easy spoken tone of voice had just faded as this podcast went on as it became I've just become more animated naturally so maybe the headphones aren't aren't the answer to a, a slower talking camera duck well who knows I haven't edited this yet I'm not, I'm not really sure what it sounds right lads it's just lovely to see you again you're looking well I hope how's your mother I hope she's doing well take care lads mind yourself and I will catch you lads and ladies in the next one